uncertainty is where that new approach of leadership comes into play. And that's what people are fearing. But what they don't realize is that, again, is that fear is the path, not the obstacle. So what we need to do is normalize uncertainty. Go with the fear. Don't go against it. Don't run away from it. Normalize it. It's part of your life. It's your guide. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. We're live. So happy new year, by the way. Happy new year to you too, Kira Marie. And I have to say thank you for being my tech support. New computer, new year, it did not want to set up. I had to log in and figure it all out and you rescued me. I know, I know. So just to really, I don't know, I feel like this year, you know, we're, it's a new year, new conversations, mm. and I really feel strongly about a new approach to leadership and particularly in building leadership, right? So the best way I know how to start going around that, creating some awareness around it is actually just having conversations. And so I wanted to commit as, you know, my theme for this year is really to to start seeing humanity and not just, you know, like seeing it as another stat and seeing it as another thing we've got to do, but really see humanity. And I figured the best way to do that and to start shifting it closer to where I'd love it to be is by having a different conversation. So mm. this is what this is about, is like, hey, can we just have a conversation? conversation. Are you good for it? I'm up for it. Let's do it. And I don't know about you, have you just got up not long ago? I went and did a workout, not the best workout this morning. So there's something in the air today, but yeah. it was a no, workout. I'm, I'm in my gear, ready to go for my uh, my morning run. Oh, you've got, don't do the strip down. This is like yeah. Oh, yeah, this is not uh, R-rated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. Um, no, so I've, I'm, I'm ready to go for a bit of a, a morning run, actually. Uh, uh, awesome. Then, uh, yeah, we're, so we're going to have this conversation. So, all right, let's have this chat and then what better way to go? Yeah, no, I love that. And I know you've been doing the 75 hard challenge, which I just completed, but then you something happened. Tell me, what was that? I've had this happen a few times. So 75 hard challenge, I haven't been able to complete in one hit. I was on day 42 and I went huge, out. Huge, huge. Yeah. So well done to get to day 42. That's Thank huge. you. Yeah, I, went, I got to day 42 and, you know, I took, uh, took my daughter out for, for breakfast and, you know, I had the whole beautiful, clean, beautiful breakfast. And then mm. I unconsciously ordered my favourite coffee, which is a vanilla latte and almond milk, right? Nice. Um, and I like it because it's like drinking like a hot ice cream. You know, mm. I can describe it. And it's just, a it's hot like, ice cream. Sorry, I'm just visualising that right now, a hot ice cream. Okay, that's kind of two extremes right there. Right, exactly. It is. And you can mm-hmm. just imagine the, the hot taste of vanilla just kind of in your mouth and it's just amazing. I loved it, right? So... I know usually, usually ask for a vanilla latte. I never ask about ensuring whether it's sugar-free or anything like that because obviously I'm not going with sugar as part of the 75 hard. 
And mm. I know there's a sugar-free option and something within me didn't tick to ask for that. And so I had to go back and check. And it comes down to a matter of integrity here because, you know, here's the thing. If you fail and you do one thing wrong, you miss something out, then you've got to start again. Mm. And the only person who's ever going to know is you. Yes. And I could have even said, oh, so you know true. What? This, I could forget about this. I could not do this. You know. It's one little thing. No one's going to notice. No one's going to know. Done it know. so hard. Got it yep. sorted. And that, that's literally all it's been. It's like something that small was basically, you know, I breached yeah. the rules 25 hard. And I didn't realise it until after the fact. And it must have been a couple of hours after. And I said, oh, I didn't check whether that vanilla syrup had sugar or was sugar-free. So I went back to the cafe to check. And they said, oh, no, we don't have sugar-free. So, like, oh, <laughs> so January 1, I started 75 hard again. And it must be like my fifth or sixth attempt, I think. Yeah. yeah. But, Amazing. But here's the thing, like, that I find interesting from those things. Like, I don't know about everyone else. Everyone's like, well, have you lost weight? Have you done all this? But to me, that's a beautiful little learning, right? that it's easy in leadership for us to ignore those little things, to go, no one saw that piece. No one, you know, I've done all the hard work. They've seen it all. Oh, I've got to keep going no matter what. You know, I'm letting everyone else down if I if I start again. And it's really, I find that interesting. How would you take that into leadership, just that concept? Because that's what I did. When I did the challenge, it was like, what are the things that I'm learning as me yeah. personally, yeah. and that stretched me, and then how do I put that in place, whether it's in leadership, whether it's in business, whatever it is, right? Yeah, totally, totally. I think there's persistence in doing whatever it takes, but there's also been true to yourself but in, in the process. Like, you know, I think a leader is a leader because of the very first things that they have values that they believe in, no matter what the world thinks. And they step into those values and they live their life from that. And that's what makes them a leader because no one's really willing to step into that authenticity. And if you're willing to do it, then that's that's what puts you on that first step towards leadership, right? It comes yeah. down to authentic and, and real leadership. It's it's raw. It's not pleasant. It's it's gritty. It's grimy. It's dirty. It's hands down. You know, it's rolling sleeves up. Well, we saw hands. that today, right? We saw that today. It was like we were meant to be on here at 7.30 Sydney time and we've only just jumped on now. Because I couldn't get it happening, my end on my computer for for streaming it out. And I really wanted to to make sure that we could do it on this. And often we give up before we even complete it. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but before something is about literally to get to that sort of that gold, I find there's this massive challenge that can often come across my pathway. And if I had stopped every time some challenge came along my way, I would never be where I am right now. I don't know. Has that been true for you or is that just me? You know what? With doing the 75 hard, I've just discovered that how much of that is true. Um, Especially I was just looking back on the failures in life. And I look, I'm I'm a strong believer. There's no failure. There's only feedback, right? But when you talk about... Sorry, I just saw. See, this is all the learning thing that I'm doing. Whoa, is... Oh, yeah. I just saw class having uh, putting a comment into the leaders movement, so I was trying to see if we could see what that is. There we go. Two of my favourite people, oh, Nikhil hey, and Kiri Murray. There we go. Best wishes to you both and to hey, you, class. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I was looking at some of the other challenges in my life that I took on, like martial arts was one of them, right? Yep. 
and I just look at look at the fact that I have done four or five different martial arts throughout my life, right? Mm. And I've never actually got to black belt on every any of them, but it hasn't stopped me from picking up a martial art and keep going. And right now, like I'm on the precipice of getting my black belt. Like literally this year, I got an email from oh, know, what from a legend, my instructor, and he's saying we're candidating you for black belt. Here's what's your requirements. Like you're one of the six people that's going to go for black belt this year. And I'm like, wow, I'm so close. But you know, and the journey through that, I had you know massive personal issues which stopped me for six months. I had you know a health issue which yeah. stopped me from thinking. I had you know COVID hit and we had you know social distancing and isolation rules which stopped us from doing it. But what does it tell me is that you know even after what having done four different martial arts, being this close to black belt, you know. For me, it was a sense of, as I said, personal integrity that, hold on, no, I, I can't give up. I've got to keep going. These things are always going to stop you, you know. Yeah. Yes, maybe I didn't get it in one hit, but that doesn't give you permission to, to stop. That doesn't give you permission to quit. You know, yeah. those, those challenges are there to test your character, to test, test who you are as a person. And I know it sounds a little bit esoteric and fluffy and warm and cuddly, but I strongly believe that, you know. That, that yeah, I totally thought that. when you said that that it was warm and cuddly. Um, No, I did not. I know. I think it's absolutely right. And I think what is interesting and and part of why I want to do these conversations, like I've said uh, yesterday, was I really feel there's this need for a new approach to leadership. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, you know, I started putting the framework together of to write a white paper on this because I really seriously believe that there is this need. And you pressed on something with challenges And for me, I see it as the global economic, social and environmental challenges actually creates a need or a space for now a new Mm. approach to it. Would you say the same in what you're saying there, that the challenges now creates a space for something new or what? how do you see that? There's a a phrase which comes to mind and I can't for the life of me remember right now who quoted it, but the obstacle is the path, right? Basically the challenge presents the opportunity. And wherever there is a challenge, there is an opportunity to meet that. And we can do one of two things. We can look at the challenge and carry away and shy away from it, or we can step up and keep stepping up and keep stepping up. And, yes, we're going to be facing more and more obstacles, but every single yeah. one of those obstacles presents a path, presents an opportunity. That's what I, I 100% agree with you, that every time that there is a challenge, there is a need to step up, there is an opportunity that's presented. Otherwise, they're not really challenges, are they? So, so here's a, and I love this. I Here's an interesting thing about that, though, is this is easy when it's smaller challenges, or is it easy? I mean, you've struggled to get, you've got to keep going back into even starting the 75 again and again and yeah. again, right? Yeah. Is it the fifth time? Fifth time. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, which is okay and fine, and I think, I just think that's, I love the resilience you have around that. Like, to me, that's just such a, a great mm. skill to have and to keep going even when you don't get it immediately. And I think in leadership that is so important, particularly as we continue to to find what that new approach is. But here's the thing around that, like the challenges across the globe, if I go right to the extreme of global, economic, environmental, yeah. social, they are huge things. So if it takes that much to do a little change into your world and what you're doing, how can we even yeah. think of what's happening across the globe? I don't see it as any different. Yeah. I don't see it as any different because how you do one thing commonly says how you do everything, right? 
And if we're just going to quit in the little things, we're not even going to get started on the big things, right? So that that's well, that's one frame I want to bring to this is that you're always going to face challenges, you're always going to face obstacles. And look, you know, hats off to someone like you, Kira Marie, who completed 75 hard in one hit. But I'm sure there's going to be other challenges that. But you I'm a psycho that. chick like that, right? Like, and you've got to think of it in like to me that makes total sense because I'm that yeah. kind of person. Like that's how yeah. I hit everything. I'm a results orientated person. If I make a decision, like I might. I might take a few moments to go, is this the right thing to partner up with and move yeah. forward in? But as soon as you've got me committed to that, I'm sold out 100% for it. I do that in everything I do everything. in life. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's it, right? So you've got two very different styles over here, one which yes. is hardcore go, go, go from the beginning and another one which is never say die. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, yeah. You've got two very approaches and I think that's where the – And the, the outcome's the same, but the way in which we do it – is yeah. very different and here's the other thing about it so the outcomes are same which is interesting and then the other side of it is the speed though can be yeah. different depending who what your scale is talk yeah. about that bit I, I think that so when it comes down to speed a lot of it's got to do with the approach to the challenge right it's, it's the way you're looking at the challenge so for me 75 hard was actually i looked at it and think Oh my gosh, like that's it. how am I going to drink four liters of water a day, right? I, I, yeah, right. How did you enjoy sit going for your bio breaks in between everything? Oh my goodness. Yeah, like, that was just, that was driving me nuts. <laughs> me <laughs> too. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like, I've got mine yeah, right I, here. <laughs> I felt like a racehorse, you know, just running around all yeah. the time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but yeah, look, it, see, the, the, there's two types of speed we're looking at there's the speed of implementation and the speed of result and i think there's things that i would do in one hit which are no problem for me but there's mm -hmm. things like this which present a clear challenge to me which is actually testing that mental fortitude that i need but it's also developing within me the commitment so i love that you know one of the lessons i learned from martial arts is how you train in the dojang or how you train in your dojo is mm. reflect how hard you'll get those results in real life so i see this as training ground for real life yeah so 75 yeah. hard it's not do or die. Like it's not no. life threatening. But as a result of doing it, and in fact, the only one that if you don't make it, that it affects is you. Yeah, it's you. Correct. Correct. But here's the side effect of seventy five hard. Right, I signed what five clients, and You're I had right. the resilience to keep going from it. Whereas previously, I was so overwhelmed. I was like thinking, Oh my god, how am I going to scale where I'm going to go? Yet within that one month, I signed five five clients. As a result of me thinking never say die keep going yeah you know, you know don't quit type and so thing. then it did put so th you know and this is something that i talk about a lot and you know this that uh, the lenses in which we use yeah and so your lens was do or don't or what how did you say it it's not it's do or die right do or die yeah. so that was the lens you used in doing the 75 day challenge now yeah. you're putting that into business and going do or die right like and so you got yeah. five clients because of it and it's the same thing right so how you do one thing is so lens is really important right yeah and if i look through that one lens on one thing the point i'm making is that how you do yeah. one thing is how you do everything you're looking at that same lens through yeah. everything is that resilience that push forward keep going don't let it defeat you you know so that interesting kind of what it is yeah and look it's not just that right it's not just business it's not just and, you know, we were talking about leadership across the board. We're not talking about personal life, not just the business, but let's look mm. at everywhere else as well. 
like you know with my daughter like she's been going through a bit of a, a tumultuous time just recently but i was able yeah. to step forward and i was able to be there for it and now she's you know she's set herself at ease knowing that there's someone there to that she can look up to and she started doing her own version of 75 hard as well right which is really cool so here's the interesting thing so you had a lens in which you were doing it and yeah. now this means it will create a space for someone else to have a lens of which how they do it how do we take that into leadership but isn't that what leadership is it's really yeah, i'd agree really space. i wanted to yeah. hear that from you <laughs> I tell you, that, that's that's totally what I believe it is because yeah. you, when you create the lens and you create the the momentum, you're creating the space and giving permission for other people to to follow suit. Yeah, and that's how we solve those problems of economic, you know, but, austerity. That's how we solve you know environmental crisis is because in yeah. Wheatley, we're giving that permission for others to do the same. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I'm just thinking out loud, really, and that was around the lens piece and you said we give permission to other people but here's the thing like doesn't that mean that or how do we get to a space maybe is the better question where it's we don't have to give other people that permission they can give it themselves because they are looking through that lens and that's where i kind of would love mm. to see this new approach of leadership get to is that not only do we use different lenses but you don't need to wait for me to ask you to have permission to get that lens to then go do this. Or yeah. these are, you know, I keep talking about the old school leadership where it's sort of like you were told these were the three principles of how to do mm -hmm. leadership, how to be a leader, the best leader. The only way you can be a great leader is if you do these three things, right? Yeah. So, and, and you shake your head, but that's so much of what leadership has been built on. You read any leadership book. Yeah, I know, I know. Honestly, it is so what it is. So how do we change something so ingrained in culture, yet we, I mean, we're talking right now where we know that there is a lens or lenses in which we can use that can be even more powerful. And oh, we've given ourselves the permission. Others now see it and go, oh, that gives me permission to do it but how do we get to a space where this becomes the norm this is the way in yeah. which we do leadership you know and yeah anyway i've this is such a this is i mean i, I love this conversation i think on this one kira marie and, and i love where you're going with this as well I, I agree with you you know gandhi would say be the change that you wish to see and mm. i think it's just exemplifying the whole point is that once you create that lens for yourself it's not so much that you're giving permission to other people, but by them resonating with you, they're giving themselves permission. I think that's what it really comes down to. So while I said you're giving permission, it's probably a better definition would be is that you're you're setting the stage. You're re telling other people that it's okay for you to do it this way. There is no formulaic three-step approach to leadership. Correct. It should, it should never be prescriptive and, and, and it should never be you know it's not a diagnostic like that's not what it is leadership isn't a diagnosis you can't prescribe it would um, you agree though it has been done that way or absolutely absolutely and partially have you seen where it hasn't been done that way like have you got examples so i, I, I come from maybe even a touch of something different i don't know yeah yeah look i come from an activism background right so i know that's why i'm asking the question so, yeah in, in politics especially in student politics where we were so heavy you know into the rights and into trying to do the right thing i suppose is, is really where i'm going with this we found that 
let me actually just backtrack. So in, in the university days, they always say that universities are the are the breeding ground for, for change and innovation, right? And that's no difference when it comes to student politics because student politicians basically were, you know, the politicians of the future. And so when we were involved in, when I was involved with student politics, what didn't work was trying to get dressed in a suit and talk policy with people. No, it never works. Mm. You have to go back to grassroots. And I want to emphasise that. It, go, it means going back to grassroots. What is it that's really happening? What is it that the people are demanding, right? Yeah. And can you represent? Yeah. And if you can't represent, find a cause you can represent, right? But go back to what is it that really people are demanding? What are they striving for? What are they yearning for? What are they pumping their fists in the air for saying, we demand this, we want this? You yes. know? And in student, in student politics, it was all about, you know, <laughs> we want, you know, we want representation because at that time student unionism was being cracked down on. We want, you know, environmental change. You know, that's a big one, humanitarian change. And so you'd see, you know, student politicians from across the range and student activists uh, getting involved in tying themselves to trees. Now, okay, yeah, that's still 1960s, but who in the real political world does that now? And I say real political world. Yeah. That type of political activism took place. Look at what, what's what's that lovely young lady's name, Greta. Oh, yes. I know who you're talking about. I'm terrible yeah. with names, but I love how you can do all these quotes. I never remember quotes. So is, I think it's Greta Thurgon or something like that. She's mm -hmm. what, 17 or 16 right now and she's up there, you know, yeah. dressing down political leaders from the United Nations saying, yeah. you guys messed up and we're the ones that have to carry your carry the cleanup operation. We look at Malala, Malala Yousafzai, fantastic example of, you know, education, yeah. right? We're seeing it everywhere. Yes. Uh, we are seeing it everywhere. And is this, is this the most opportune time for us as leaders to be having this new style of leadership? Absolutely. I, th I think the world's been demanding it, and it goes back to what I'm saying. The people have been demanding it. Love it or loathe it, look what's happened. Look, look what happened with the election of Trump. You got either love him or loathe it. <laughs> you have to go there right now. <laughs> I have to because it's topical. But people yeah. were sick of traditional politics. They wanted change. They didn't care how they got it. It's like we're sick of institutional politics. We need someone who's a man of the people. Yeah, the systemic really of side of it, right? It is, it is right, and. The world's crying out for it right now, Kira Marie. They're demanding a new style of leadership. I, so I, they I, are and they're not. And this is what I find really interesting. So I've got, it's almost like, you know, when people go, I want to go for a swim, but I'm not quite sure if I want to. They they dip their toe in and they muck around on the sidelines waiting yeah. for that moment that it seems perfect to go for a swim. Yeah. I feel like that a little bit with what's happening with leadership right now across the globe that we know that there we need to do things different we know that there is a need for change yeah now we're not sure what that change looks like no. and we're not sure whether i might wait for others to do it and then i'll see if it's okay or i might see if it works for them and then i might change or do it differently and i don't think that we've got time for that i think that no we need to pivot we need to bring change and we need to do it differently if we want like sure you can do it that way but nothing's going to change and i think just think of the turn of the year where this is the beginning of the year so many people in the past have set resolutions goals whatever you want to call it for the new year yeah. by february they have not done them they give up and life doesn't change how often then does that happen with anything that we're going to go? Like we go, 
okay, I'm, I'm going to change. Yes, we need a change. Yes, we see that this is going to be, this is not working this way. And we go to do it or we think about it. And yet every time we start putting our toes in the water, we bring them back out and we go back to the old way and things. And so by 21, at the end of the year, it will look the same for many people that it did in 2020, yeah. which a lot of people, I don't know about you, but there was a lot about 2020. I don't want to ever repeat. Yeah. So I, th- I, th- I want to bring two analogies to, to kind of explain what I feel is going on, right? Good. So yeah. you, you, sp- you, you spoke about the dipping the toe in the pool. So I want to I, I want to take that analogy and just shift it a little bit and say, imagine you're going skydiving and you're... You of know, course, you're going to do the better extreme. Yeah, I, I get you. Well, I'm doing the extreme of skydiving because it's something <laughs> that I relate to. And I think we had this discussion at one stage as well. It's like, you know, when you're you're about to jump off the plane and you're like, I want to jump on to get the thrill of life, but holy crap, I'm scared. And you're holding on, you're holding on, you're holding on, right? And you're holding on to the side of the plane. And all of a sudden, the, the, the instructor at the back saying, for God's sake, and gives you the boot, and then you go out of the plane. Yeah. yeah? So I think that kind of boot is kind of necessary. Now, that may come from a mentor or it may mm. come from other leaders doing it before you to show you that it's okay. Or it may come from a leader just literally pushing you to get it done. And then you realize, oh, my God, I'm free-falling. But that's all we're all doing. We're all free-falling, right? But I think that's where humanity might be stuck, is that we're stuck on that edge of the plane where we want to do it. We want to do it. We're too scared. It's fear because it's the unknown. We've never done this before. We don't have experience. We're scared. But once you jump, that adrenaline rush is what's going to keep you going, right? But then the other side of it is that there's some people who are like popcorn. You cook popcorn, Kira Marie? No, actually, because I tend, I don't know how do you do it without burning the pot. For some reason, I'll always burn the pot when I've done popcorn in the past. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, that's a discussion. Yeah. So that just shows how good I am in the kitchen. Can we move along from that conversation? No, I cook popcorn quite a lot because I, it's, I'm it's sure you do. Back, right? So let me tell you about how what my experience of cooking popcorn is. You throw a bunch of kernels into the oil, you cover the lid, and then, you know, you wait a few minutes and all of a sudden one kernel pops. Yeah. Yeah? That's your leader. Then another kernel pops and another kernel pops. And then suddenly they all start popping at the same time. And then there's a few stragglers left behind and they pop kind of in their own time. That's kind of reflective of humanity. Some and there's people, even some that don't pop. And there's some that don't pop. Mm. And that's always going to happen. That's always going to happen. And, I think and in my case, the there's burnt out people. <laughs> and then, what does that say? And then there's the burnt pot. <laughs> but I think humanity's in the same boat right it's different periods they're like popcorn so there's those that are going to pop first because they feel the heat yeah and they need to change and transform because that's what it is it's a crucible where we're all changing under the heat and some people who are unable to for some reason or another unable to make that change and just don't pop at all but everyone else will pop at different periods and i think that's what we've got to embrace it's not about saying how can we get everyone to do it we understand that everyone's going to do it in different paces we've just got to set that scene you know, it's 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 up to leaders to do that and just keep shining, keep doing what they're doing and people will follow suit because they'll feel the heat at different periods. Everyone's different, just like every kernel of corn is different in an individual. Everyone else pops at different rates too. Mm. So okay. I think, I think it's a mixture of is like popcorn. The way, but also giving the push. I think it's a mixture of, you know, kick yeah. the people out of the plane because they want to do it. But that's a permission-based thing. So they want to do it, then sometimes we have a responsibility and obligation to get them through that door. Talk around the fear. What do you think about that? Like 
I'm I'm one of these people and it's and if we go back to what we originally talked about about the 75 day challenge you know one of the things and like I'm doing phase one now so as you've started again on the 75 I'm I'm now on phase one and phase one is 75 plus you know you've got to do these extra things and one of them is a cold shower I've never done a cold shower in my life mm -hmm. and I jumped out of the shower yesterday and then Taki asked me he said so how was that I said well I don't know like I just did it because yeah. I made a decision that mm -hmm. I'm I'm doing phase one it's one of my things I've got to cross off the list for the day yeah and I have no choice but to do that if I'm to do like what I've said you know and so for me there was there was just no, like, there's no emotion to it necessarily. Like, I don't feel great that I did it. I don't feel terrible that I didn't do it like I did it. I just did it. And, you know, I and I know not everyone thinks or does things like that. I know that's kind of, I've learned that that's mm -hmm. kind of just the way I do it. And so even with a new approach to leadership, for me, when there is fear, when there is, there are things that stop other people from jumping forward. I go, I love the future. I love the uncertainty. I think there's so much fun in uncertainty. Like yeah. I've actually learned to go, oh, if I can think and dream something new, then it's kind of like that that uh, adrenaline of jumping out of that plane. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. experience something new and probably something that I haven't learned or done or been doing and so that's going to take me to the new levels. And so I kind of, I do life like that. And I do, yeah. you know, when I, in leadership, that's kind of the way I am as a leader. Yeah. And it didn't come naturally to me. It wasn't something inbred in me. It was a decision I made many, many years ago. Like, how do you get, and, and I, I don't want to put that on other people because I know everyone's different. Like we've talked about how different you are to the way that I mm -hmm. do things. And I want to take people along on that journey. But fear is a huge thing that I see a lot of people holding back on, yeah. getting stuck in, overwhelmed. Do you have ways, because you think so differently, do you have strategies or thoughts or insights around how you move through that fear or that uncertainty for you and your kind of way that you do things? Yeah, totally. So. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Fear is, well, I've got a couple of strategies that I can bring to this, and I think both of these would be really good. First, I mean, we've got, we've got to understand what fear is, right? Like what it really com comprises of. And it, we've got our, our instinctual primal fear, and it all comes down to survival, right? It's are we going to survive? And if you look at the things that we're scared of, is it going to be physically going to hurt us? Then we've got a right to be fearful, right? And is it something that's not going to physical, physically harm us or emotionally or mentally harm us? Then it's probably just a, a conditioned response, I think. And when you look at fear, how it actually kicks in, fear is retrospective. In the moment, if you're facing off with a line, it's fight or flight. Fear doesn't kick in, adrenaline does. You're either going to bop that line in the nose or you're going to run like buggery, right? That's really what it's going to come down to. Then what settles in after the effect is the fear. So fear is retrospective, right? But also fear is also directional. So the idea behind it is that fear is meant to guide the way, not block the way. So it goes back to what I said before. that the Fear is meant to guide the way, not block the way. Is yeah. that you saying that or is that somewhere you've got that's that from? Somewhere. I yeah, like that. Yeah. That's going to be your quote. That's, that's, that's going to be my quote, yeah. 
I'm happy to take that. I'm more than happy to be credited with that. Guru Nikhil says. Guru, Guru Nikhil Swami, yeah. Yes. Can you just say it again, like in a really guru kind of way? Mm. Fear is meant to guide the way, not block the way. Oh, that, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I've got my long hair. I can do my long hair. I know. Hair. No, no, that's great. There you go. Oh, no, no, I liked it with the with the hood on. I thought yeah, that was that made it just that little bit. It's been more Jedi Knight looking. You yeah. did, yeah. All right, so young Padawans, fear is meant yes. to guide the way, not block the way, okay? And the, yeah. and the reason I say that goes back to that point I made earlier, the obstacle is the path, right? Yeah. And if you see fear is an obstacle, it's actually the path. If you're feeling fearful. I just need to do a shout out. Hello, beautiful Echo. I know she's on here. And so make sure you're speaking clearly so she can see your lips. Ah, she, okay. She watches lips. Lips, yeah, okay, cool. Let me enunciate clearly for you. So if you look back to the obstacle being the path, if fear is blocking you, see as fear is actually telling you you're on the right path, right? Yeah. So there's a couple of things. And in terms of strategies, I think there's very, very hands-on pragmatic strategies. The first one that you've got to identify is that I look at it from a, an, an intellectual point of view that the neurochemicals that are associated with fear, dopamine, dopamine and adrenaline, are the same neurochemicals that are associated with excitement. Dopamine yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The only mm. thing that shifts is the frame of thinking, is the way you perceive it. So if you mm. shift that into being, instead of saying, what, why is this scary for me? The question is to ask rather, which should be, why is this exciting for me? Then your whole approach to it changes. And that's one of the things that will help you overcome that barrier. Yeah. So why is it scary for me? And the other side is? Why is it exciting for me? Why is it exciting for me? Mm -hmm. I think that's one way to shift it. Okay. The other way that I use, and, and this is something that I wrote an article about a little while ago, maybe a couple of years ago, it's that because especially... And it's not to say that people who are not intellectual don't feel fear, but people who are in their heads, intellectual yeah. people, people who are thinkers, they yeah. feel a lot more because they are stuck in their heads. And so yeah. the answer for them is to get physical, all right? Yes. Is to do something physical because that what will do will get you out of your head and into your body. And Kira Marie, you are awesome at being in tune with your body. And yeah. that for me is why I... Well, when you just said that, I really, really connected with that. And I also, it, it brought up something when I ended up in a wheelchair almost 12 years ago now, and I was in a wheelchair for a year and a half before getting out and able to even start thinking about rehabbing back to walking mm -hmm. properly. And I, that was the thing that I felt the most challenged because my head was so busy that I've always, and I realized at that time in my life, that the physical became so important and yeah. I was unable to do the physical and I had no control of it. You're in a situation where you had no control of it, right? Yeah. Most people who are kind of like in their head choose not to be in control of it, right? Oh, good point. Yes. And I think, I think that's part of the thing. I know like, you know, obviously look, I'm, as I said, got a background in activism. So obviously strategy, mm. policy, things like that. But also, I'm, I'm a very creative guy. So I was, you know, I, you know, I did languages and music all the way through school and through university and everything like that as well. But, you know, that type of person is very much in their head. They're very emotional, very stuck in their head. And here's what I found really, really helps. When I'm blocked by something, yeah. when I feel fearful about something, I put on my shoes and go out for a run. Not a walk, a run. Yeah. 
yeah because i can feel my breath i can feel my heart beating i can feel my body working and by mm. doing that i'm actually forced to get out of my head and stop thinking yes. oh my god i hate this you're forced just to run like you just said you just do it and because you're so good at it for you you can just do it straight away for me i haven't popped the same way you have and so i'm still probably in that popping phase where i'm still conditioning myself to do it but i've realized that once i get physical those barriers take a completely different perspective completely different. i got so here's the thing i got so good at it because if i didn't yeah. get good at it i was that kid that wanted to jump off that cliff right i was that teenager right that wanted to jump off the cliff just getting it real here like this is real conversation yeah. i was the one that wanted to commit suicide because i felt so intense with what was going on inside of my head and i didn't have those strategies i didn't have those pieces in place mm. where i could do it differently yeah. i didn't now i've done it because i i made a decision at one point that if i was to continue this way i wouldn't be alive and yeah. there was so much truth in that i don't say that lightly at all like at all right i've got the scars the wounds the track record of how it would have been very different if i hadn't started to make this journey of doing it differently mm. so you know in that case it's funny hearing you say but you do that and you're the one that popped and that's because in but so much of me. my life yeah. i've had to do that personally then i realized why would i muck around and not do this yeah. professionally as well yeah yeah it's it's just that the way you reacted to the heat was different to somebody else right like yeah. the heat was intense for you you popped correct right? and it was either that. intense that i was yeah. going to not make it through another day correct. or it was intense how do i live through this not just survive but thrive right. and and then it was like well hey not only did i thrive through this how do i take others on this journey to make sure that they can do the same thing and and that kind of has been the overflow of it all and so this is where that new the new style of leadership the new yeah. form of leadership really steps in and yeah uh, i think you know that brings the wheel full circle when you think about it is that this yeah. is what people who want to lead but don't lead can't lead scared to lead are facing the, you know they, they've got but haven't we all been at that spot sometime in our life whether it was that tricky time that i talked about whether it's those moments where you've got to get back into that 75 hard, whether it's yeah. the frustrations that you find in business, but then you were like, I got five extra clients last month kind of thing, yeah. you know? So isn't that just all of us at some stage? some stage? Yeah, We is. all get to face that. We all have those challenges. I, I agree. I agree. We all do. We all yeah. do. And I think it's just, as I said, for, for a lot of people, they're stuck in this is how it was this is how it must be as opposed to this is how it was oh great i've yeah. got the opportunity to change that yes um, so the reason i say that is this and and i it kind of was bizarre and you were like huh but the reason i brought that up was because i think this then get and and, and this is where finishing up now but like it sort of gets us to an even playing field mm -hmm you know what i mean like and i think with a new approach it's often scary because it is new it's uncertain it's not clear what exactly that pathway is and you're kind of talking but you don't have all that backing up but you kind of do and what can that look like you know and this is and i think how good is this we're all at that same playing field we yeah. all have 
some challenges somewhere along the way, but what if you could be better prepared when you yeah. have those challenges? We all face those moments where we think, can we go on or not? Do we give up? Do we just say this has been too hard and go, this is just obviously not me? Yeah. Or, you know, on the other side of that is, well, what if it opens up opportunities? options that we didn't even know existed before, right? Yeah. Or we've all got those moments where this is like, this is really hard because I'm doing it this way and I've still got to do this, but I know I've got to try and do something differently and I've got to put that into my schedule or I've got to put this into the new way I do it and I'm not sure if it's the right way and I might have to pivot a little bit along the way and there's that fear around it or there's the, fact that this now is a possibility yeah you know or something was impossible and now it makes it possible and i think this is the beautiful thing is we all get those moments we can all get that time where it's like we don't know what that exactly looks like but i think if we can start moving towards something and for in this case a new approach of leadership not a telling approach but one which we start using different lenses, then we can start shifting towards. And I think this conversation today is, is you know, where it starts, where we create an awareness of what is it actually happening? What is facing leadership right now? And it's funny because, and I think we have to bring this up as we're finishing, but, you know, what is how are you a leader in your world? Because I think that, you know, part of this having conversations every day this month is around having anyone and everyone, like I've just come off a workout, you're about to go on a on a run and yeah. we're just having a conversation. We just happen to press a button and go live at the same time, you know, to to bring others in on this conversation. And I think the thing is everyone's going to be different who i bring on this and i want that because i want different lenses in which we start looking at how do we shift this forward and you know i think that's that's the exciting piece is Mm. there is uncertainty but that's why we've got to have these conversations we've got to start unraveling pieces of it and then going you know now that we've heard this and i and i think this is important in every conversation when you have a new conversation is from what you've heard today, Nikhil, you know, what's mm. at least one thing that you're going to take from it that you're going to put into place or you're going to think how you're going to do it differently? What would you say from this conversation? That's such a powerful question, Lars. What's one thing that I'm going to take from it? Yeah. Well, how are you um, going to do it a little bit different or what are you going to, you know, whatever that is. I don't, again, it's not me putting it on you. I want to just give you a lens in which to think. I think normalising uncertainty is what, what I'm going to take from this. Yeah. And let me let me just, just explain that just a little bit more. We, we've mm. been brought up, especially the last few generations, have been brought up in a world where security, certainty are the norms, where it's what's expected. You know, go out, grow up, get a job, get a mortgage, get married, have two kids. That certainty was there. But now all of a sudden in the absence of that, we're faced kind of flailing. But that certainty, that uncertainty, is where that new approach of leadership comes into play. And that's what people are fearing. But what they don't realise is that, again, is that fear Mm. is the drive, not the obstacle, right? It's the path, not the obstacle. So what we need to do is normalise uncertainty, right? Embrace Mm. it. And I think for me, just what's come out of that, and it's just a recommitment to myself is saying, you know what? Go with the fear. 
don't go against it. Don't run away from it. Normalize it. It's part of your life. It's your guide. So yeah. normalize uncertainty, I think, is the big takeaway for me. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my big takeaway from our conversation is oh, I just got so, honestly, I got so many insights and so much that I'm going to actually go through this again and put it towards my the paper that I'm writing. So I'm going to take some of the nuggets that we've got in here. I think they've been great thoughts and insights. Mm -hmm. And I really want to dive deeper into some of those things because I think what you've helped to, to have in this conversation was pull some of those things out that I know that I talk about all the time. But it was great to go down different levels. And so today I've I've really recognized again the power of these conversations, not just because the powerful to have and we might get something from them, but because from it we can then take that and then dive even deeper. And so my commitment from today's conversation is to go even deeper with some of the insights mm. that we have come up with together on this conversation and uh, really dive into those further into the paper as well. So, you know, I'm really grateful for that and for you coming on to have this conversation. So is there, like, firstly, like, I know we haven't even talked about this, but if anyone wants to learn more about what you do outside of mm -hmm. being this guru with your little quote that you said earlier, which was, again, what was it? So fear is the guide. No, 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 you've got to say it properly. Okay, hold on. Fear is the guide, not mm. the obstacle. I think that's what I fear said. Fear is the guide. Yeah, I think the crux of it is we'll, we'll find it out and we'll put it in there anyway. I'll but I'll yes, I'll have to re -listen to that this sounded again. good too, by the way, even if it wasn't. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got two quotes now. But yeah, yeah. So if anyone wants to connect with you, what do you do outside of having conversations with me before you go for a run? Oh yeah. So what do I do? So mm. look, my background is as a copywriter, and so most people know me as as a copywriter. But I take it to a completely mm. different level of copywriting, where we're looking at you know, business growth and direct response marketing, which is basically approaching the sides of marketing, which no one really wants to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and how we use that in getting into the deep understanding of human connection so that we're eliciting responses, yes. getting results for people from a human level, not just uh, let's pitch some stuff out there, but let's actually really okay. connect with people at the human level and actually then give them things they need as opposed to trying to flog them widgets. So that's what I do. I help businesses grow by. I guess it's it's give them what they need and what you love to do as well. So Absolutely, like it's yeah. a win-win then, right? It's a win-win. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So that's it, the vehicle is copywriting and direct response marketing, yep. but this discussions and things that we're having right now is yes. absolutely the crux of it. Perfect. So how do they get hold of you? Oh look, they can they can follow me on Facebook, obviously. You can just Facebook me up and uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Nikhil Rugiani. Everyone's really into this new thing, Clubhouse. I've I've only just joined, so you can follow me at Nikhil Regarding Clubhouse or email me, Nikhil at shotofcopy.com. That's S-H-O-T. Yeah, so not shot of whiskey. It's a shot of copy, everybody. Copy, copy like mm. copyright. Not coffee, copy. Oh, shot of coffee. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I got distracted. Shot of copy. Copy.com. <laughs> I said copy, not coffee. Oh, well, look, it's all like coffee. Your coffee. That's why you're saying that. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to leave everyone with after our conversation? What, 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 do, what do I want to leave you with? Look, if, if there is 
I think the biggest thing to come out of the conversation today was one of our approaches on fear. And I just, I just think, look, if you're mm. stuck in fear, just get out of your head, go for a run, go for a swim, go for a cold shower even, but start feeling your body. All right. Mm. Don't think about fear, just feel it and then just do it. Right. Just, just get into your body. Fear is your guide. There we go. And they were the great words from Nick Hill. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having a conversation. And I love the fact when, before we got on, you go, oh, I'm kind of just, I'm not looking, you know, my hair's not whatever, my clothes. And I was like, okay, don't worry. I'm coming straight from a workout. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is, this is what the new approach to leadership is that sometimes we dress up, sometimes we're in our yeah. fitness gear, whatever it is. But the reality is we just need to turn up and be real be raw and be yeah. ready for the opportunities that can come our way if we are that. willing to step it up i love it real raw and ready is powerful yeah yeah so yeah. maybe that's what this year is about real raw and ready yeah, so in that yeah so with those words let's sign off and i'll see you on the other side adios amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode make sure you subscribe Ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.